millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Was that the craziest WWE match of the year? I'm Ollie Davis, this is Luke Owen, welcome to this special NXT TakeOver War Games DOS review show on a Sunday here. We've come in. I've got jogging bottoms on. This is Sunday weekend, Ollie. Ollie is dressed for comfort, not business. I am dressed for enjoying wrestling. Mm. That's what I'm dressed for. What a show. And enjoy wrestling we did. This was a terrific, terrific show. I put up on Twitter this morning, God, that went half bad, was it? And a few people thought that I was just like, yeah, it was fine. But I was, no, I was like, no, no, there's some subtleties within there. I was like, no, 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 this show was absolutely outstanding. It's difficult when you read stuff in text. You don't yeah. get the inflection and the context. Yeah. But yes, this was, uh, the, the match we're talking about, although it could, you know, arguably refer to quite a few of the matches. I have so many notes on the main event. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's not go through all of them. No, I didn't realise I've written two and a half pages yeah, of I've notes. Yeah, I've got a sizable amount of notes for everything. I've got seven pages of notes for f- essentially four, four matches. matches. Yeah. And uh, we're talking about the main event, the War Games main event of Undisputed Era versus Pete Dunne, Ricochet and the War Raiders. Mm-hmm. Just like I... This was, it was like a really good War Games match in terms of strategy. That's what I always like about the old WCW War Games matches. Who's going in first? All the nefarious things you can do, like tying people up in the ropes, I believe was the Dangerous Alliance gimmick. And uh, and I thought they worked that really well. And then they had a hardcore match. Yeah. And then they had a massive cage match. Yeah, Dave Meltzer said on Wrestling Observer Radio that he felt it was more of a TNA lethal lockdown match than a War Games match, which I, I can sort of see. But at the same time, those lethal lockdown matches were usually very good. So I'm, I was more than happy with this. I thought this match was just, like, it was... Brilliant. The first, it split into two halves, really. The first half was all about like the tactics of the Undisputed Era because they had the man advantage leading up to Bobby Fish locking Pete Dunne into the cage and throwing Brilliant. away the key. It was absolutely awesome. Also within that, you had... Well, when, when you say cage, so the Pete, if you didn't watch the show and you're just watching these recaps, there's cages, at shark cages at the top of the ramp and then two rings enclosed by a giant cage without a top. In, in the in the center of the arena. Yeah. And the people who come in one by one are in the their respective cages. And Bobby Fish locked Pete Dunn, who was the last person out. Bobby Fish was 
the Undisputed Era team's last one out. And he locked Pete Dunne in so he couldn't come out. It was a yeah, great idea. Great idea. So the first half of this match was all about Undisputed Era being a cohesive team because they're all on the same page. They've all got this master plan. Whereas the good guys kept sort of like arguing between themselves like who's going to go in next, who's going to mm. do this, who's going to do that. And then when Pete Dunne eventually gets into the ring, the second half of the match kicks in, which was carnage. It was a carnage hardcore match filled with all sorts of plunder and debris and craziness. Like I said in the review, there is there are too many spots to cover in such a short amount of time when we do the review. Really, there are too many spots to talk about in this longer format because this was just carnage from point A and point B. It was awesome. Yeah, for a uh, cheap plug here for Ramble Club, which is our... <laughs> Uh, Patreon exclusive podcast where we go through the top five matches of the month in wrestling and I'm pretty sure a lot of these are going to feature and we do like in-depth play-by-play breakdown of every spot yeah usually those podcasts go about three to three and a half hours yeah. we go that in-depth but the, this one yeah, we do, I mean we're, usually we don't skim through matches but like you said we are there are at least five amazing handsome flying through the air spots we're not going to even bring up just assume Hanson, who was an enormous man, was flying around a lot. When he did that handspring, like the, the handspring back elbow, I was like, this is incredible. The pop-up power slam move that they do is so awesome. The splash that he did. Like, yeah, well, th- this is it. Like, I, d- I don't, I love Meltzer. Um, I don't know what more you could want from this match. Because, oh, yeah. like, okay, I want, you know, I want a War Games match. You got that brilliantly with all the strategy stuff beforehand then you've got everyone in and they are basing their hard the majority of their hardcore spots around the fact that there's two rings there you know you can never do these spots unless you've got this like the war games format and one of those is hansen balancing on the top rope of one like one ring and then jumping over the top rope of another and splashing, uh, it was Kyle O'Reilly or oh, Kylie. Poor O'Kyle O'Reilly. The table. He, Just incredible. He took the full brunt of that lad's weight. That was all Hanson. That was yeah. all Hanson's Hansen weight right hug. there. And there was an awesome spot with Rowan. And it sounds like War Raiders were the standout like, of, the, of this match. And I. I I couldn't pick an MVP of this. these eight guys in there because everyone was just on another level of mm. greatness. But there was a spot where Roe had, I believe it was Roderick Strong, in a power slam position. And then Hanson picks up Kyle O'Reilly and puts him on top of Roe in a powerbomb position. And then he did a power slam and powerbomb at the same time. Stood up and was like, that was nothing. It was just amazing. I love how Hanson and Roe are, you know, the, the enormous guys arguably Hanson is the bigger of the two he's got a bit more fat on him and then he but he's the flyer <laughs> he's the agility. he's the high flying guy and Roe is the one who does the power moves it's yeah. just the, the, their dynamics great um I guess one spot we should talk about is the insane tower of doom <laughs> because that's quite that has a similar moment with Hanson okay so Adam Cole goes up to the top of the cage and initially I'm like this is this is, I don't know, it was a long match it was like 46 minutes Meltzer said and that apparently a few other people they thought the match dragged and 10 minutes could have been shaved off maybe if I watch it back that's the case but well, the, I was the, yeah. engrossed all the, I didn't notice that the crowd weren't into it if they weren't. Well, that's it. Like, I, I didn't pick up on that either. It's only until Meltzer was about it. The, re, the live reports from the building are that the crowd got bored during the match because it went on too long. But 
I'll be honest, sitting at home, I didn't think it dragged at all. I mean, like, it's not like I was super into every foot. Like, I was into every single spot for Gargano Black and uh, Dream. Champa Dream. Dream, yeah. Um, but after a while, I guess this does kind of wash over you. There's only so many table spots you can absorb. But uh, I, I, I still, it's, I never, I was never unbought. Like, no, yeah, yeah. Bored. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I was just yeah. maybe not as insanely excited as I was for everything else. But yeah. this spot. So Cole has gone up to the top of the cage and Ricochet follows him. And you're like, Cole, why did you do that? If you get thrown out the cage, you lose the match. This is why genius tactics from the Undisputed Era. As soon as Ricochet's up there, I think it's Strong, mm. jumps up on the top rope and is trying to push Ricochet over. Nigel McGuinness loses his mind and be like, this is genius, they're doing this plan, it's brilliant. And tell me I'm lying. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. Nigel McGuinness had a quality night. He's, He's out. He's, He's out. <laughs> Make the pin. Oh, off of Champa's knee yeah, into yeah. the corner. He had, a, he had an absolutely brilliant night. And I I missed Moro so much because oh, he yeah. wasn't on the last takeover. He had a showtime in engagement for the boxing he hasn't been on tv for four weeks either because they've been they've had um uh what's his face the other lad vic grimes Mm. was it vic grimes or vic vic rames vic (laughs) Vic rames Rames. yeah vic rames was filling in for him i bet he's got a cool comment not a play i wouldn't have him as my play-by-play guy Mm. definitely i was gonna say color but someone will someone will infer racism on that yeah you Uh, want want him in your rocky romero role yeah um moro also had a Mama effing Mia. <laughs> he, so sa- he didn't say, we're not censoring ourselves. No. He said, Mama effing Mia. He censored himself. He had a great night. So this Tower yeah, of Doom spot. spot. Yeah, well, back, to, back to the point. <laughs> so Ricochet and Cole are on the top of the cage. And, God, what? Well, then, so work? then, um, I think it was, God, no, I'll try to remember. One of the War Raiders gets in and tries to start suplexing uh, Adam Cole back into the ring. And then Strong, I believe, goes up. Either way, we might be getting yeah, the yeah. names wrong, but one of the good guys then went up to try and suplex Cole back in. One of the baddies went into suplex Ricochet. They were on like the sides. No, Ricochet yeah. was not involved. In oh any no, Ricochet's not. Yeah, absolutely, you're right. Yes, yeah, so it's just Adam Cole is just like he's the top of the tower. He is the peak of the Eiffel Tower here. And then it turns into a double suplex spot. Then. Kyle O'Reilly has got, I think it's Roe in like a... It's Hanson. Oh, Hanson, that's it. Hanson in a sleeper hold. Hanson then backs up and like O'Reilly sort of grabs... I, this is... It's just carnage. Either way, seven people ended up in this double powerbomb, double suplex, <laughs> superplex, <laughs> double whatever, sleeper hold nonsense. And everyone just collapsed into absolute carnage. And this is... You know, this spot has been overdone over the years. And it's sometimes... I remember when Bray Wyatt broke up the this Tower of Doom spot uh, on a recent Raw match, like last year. And I was like, oh, that's a refreshing way to take it because it is a bit overdone. I feel like I was... I did not step back and go, well, that's contrived. I was like, that's <laughs> awesome! Yeah. And because when they come down, everyone's down in the ring. But uh-oh, who's still left up there from the previous battle... Ricochet is on the top of the cage. The other one and only. That makes me excited. And he he stands in the corner using the cable suspension up to the ceiling to sort of steady himself. And he stands up with his back to all of them. They're all up now. So what's that? Seven men standing beneath him. uh, Not just underneath a turnbuckle, but a, a turnbuckle again. A ring post again to the top of this cage. And I think... 
He's going to do a crazy moonsault off there. What was I thinking? He's not going to do a moonsault. He's going to do some 730 splash. Oh my god, he got so many rotations on there. I thought he might just go through the center of the earth. Legend Thank say. god. There was he overshot like four people. Thank God for whoever was in the back. Like, oh. Roddy just threw himself in there <laughs> to take the brunt of this fool. It was incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Legends say he's still rotating. Like, it was just rotation after... It was. I think I would call it a reverse 630 in my review, <sighs> but I'm willing to admit that might be wrong because there was just... It there was were so many moves so that many we moves. would have called wrong. <laughs> it was absolutely stunning. What a manoeuvre. Let's just say, what, what a manoeuvre. Or as Mara and Alec put it, Mama effing Mia. Oh, it was, a, it was awesome. What an inc- I thought this was a superb match. It dragged. Well, I've seen some people also say it wasn't as good as last year's War Games match. And I, I think I would have to go back and rewatch. I haven't seen last year's War Games since it was on. So I'd have to kind of watch them back to back to decide that. But what I can tell you is that I loved last year's War Games match. But I also absolutely loved this year's war games yeah. match and for, and actually i would almost say that i kind of preferred this year's if only because i pref- i preferred the first half of it where it was all based around the tactics and i i like the the one man advantage i made fun of this in the nxt review which i know you don't watch so it's fine you don't watch nxt tv so that's fine but pete dunn and he said it again in the video package he keeps saying this match isn't about the numbers game. Like, no, no, it literally is about the numbers that's the game. That's, that's the whole point is that you have, that the MSB era have the man advantage. Mm. So I loved the first half of, of this. So I think maybe I loved, I, I preferred this one to last year's, but I, I don't think I could call that just yet. I, yeah, I'm, I'm similar. I, right now, and while I was watching it, I prefer this one. Mm. I think, and this is for the show as a whole, last year's War Games had for me, a lot of production issues. And that's like, you know, it's to be expected. You've got two rings. This hasn't been done in W, like ever in WWE. And the, no, this was, that last year's was uncharted territory in just how do you film two rings and make this work? Mm-hmm. And you know, there were, there were like people were missing spots. There was only one spot that was missed in this entire 46 minute spot fest. Yeah. Uh, and the, in, in the rest of the show, it took about two matches halfway through before I was like, oh my God, yeah, there's another ring there because they framed it so well. Yeah. Uh, and so from a filming perspective, I was absorbed. I was never taken out of it going, oh, I missed that or, oh, that camera was in the wrong place uh, because I, that I thought the production was much better. And I just, I, I think I prefer a four on four or a five on five rather than a three on three on three yeah, I agree. format. I, I, I love this match. I gave it, Four and three quarters. Well, I, I was, think it yeah. was excellent. My, and, and I've got to say one more spot, which was where I was like, this is transcendent. And it was an insane match anyway. Is after that ricochet 130, whatever it is, 1080 HDP 4K. No after the 4K off the top of the cage, everyone, you know, just holy crap or whatever it was. Mama effing Mia. Both teams just kind of composed themselves in opposite... In the in the sides of the opposite rings, so they couldn't be further away from each other, and they they get to their feet and they're looking at each other, and the entire crowd is going crazy. It's this intense stare off, and they are stumbling towards each other like zombies because they are so beat up. And they get to the ropes, and there's this little bit in the middle where the the metal is combining the two rings, and they step. They don't just like start 
hammering at each other, they all step into this no man's land. And Moro Ranella goes, it's trench warfare. And they still face off, mouthing off against each other. And then they go for it. Holy moly, mamma mia. It was absolutely awesome. If I was to give, because I would agree with it being four three quarters. I think for me, the only thing that this match was missing, and perhaps that you could label this as a criticism against the match, but I think this will probably play into future storylines, is that the first half, they really set up this idea that the, the good guys weren't getting on, you know, because the War Raiders kept pushing Pete Dunn out of the way yeah. when he was trying to get into the match. And that, unfortunately, never really played into anything in the match. But, and, and, that, and a certain thing happened on NXT TV. Pete Dunne kept saying, oh, I should be the one to have the match in case we get the man advantage. And that never played into, like, uh, but they kept saying, no, no, not you. We're going to have the match instead. And then they lost. So I thought some of this would actually play more into the match with Pete Dunne being like, why am I teaming with you guys? None of you trust me, this, that, and the other. Maybe something along those lines. And Pete Dunne was the guy that eventually won the match. Him and Ricochet pinned Adam Cole. That's the one thing we haven't talked about, who won the match. Yeah. But Pete Dunne hit the bitter end, and Ricochet hit a 450 splash, and they both pinned him at the same time. Strong way to beat someone. Absolutely, yeah. And then they stood up on top of the ring, or like they were like sort of by their titles, and Pete Dunne just kept looking at Ricochet's North mm. American Championship, sort of eyeing enough, going like, I'm going to have that one day. And uh, it was really nice. But I, I just thought they might play more into this Pete Dunne storyline. But as I said, I think this would be something that can play off in future storylines down the line. Yeah, I, I agree. It was a bit of a, a loose thread that was yeah. never tied up. And the only other down part of the match where I was completely taken out of it, and it's a shame because this was such an ingenious spot, Bobby Fish comes down, locks Pete Dunne's cage thing, and then throws the key away. And the referee, Drake Young, is just standing there going, oh, <laughs> dastardly. And then... Fish goes in, he got three minutes. Three minutes to, uh, to, to like sort of fix this cheating thing. The referees, that's their job, to fix cheating. The three-minute countdown happens. It's finally Pete Dunne's turn to come out, the last person. Drake Younger goes over to it, unlocks one lock, which was the first lock, then tries the same key <laughs> in the padlock that Fish had put on, and it was just like... Oh, it's, he literally says this. I'm not making it sound dumber than it is. This key doesn't work on that one. <laughs> it's a different lock. What did you think was going to happen? Nigel McGuinness literally shouted that. I was like, it's, of course it doesn't work. It's a different lock. Like, WWE do so much to make their referee... Like, they protect their referees very well. Like, beyond what New Japan do. Like, th that's one of the very good things about WWE. They made them look like total idiots here. And why wasn't, as soon as that was done, someone should rush to the back to get the bolt cutters. I don't care if you're like, well, he's taken a long time to get the bolt cutters. At least, like, don't... It was three minutes of absolute stupidity for me. And I think the other side of that, the sort of... Again, I feel like we've been down on this, even though I absolutely loved it. We just did. Yeah. Praise the match. Praise the match. Minutes. I know, I know. But, you know, this is YouTube. But there was also... They kept saying this on commentary, and they stated it in the rules as well, is that the match cannot start until all eight men are in the ring. And the commentators keep saying, like, I mean, yeah, they've locked him in the ring, but the match can't start. So I guess they could just keep beating them up, but we may never get an end to this match because Pete Dunne might just be locked in that cage. What's going to happen if Pete Dunne can't get out? Well, yeah, I guess so. It, it's um, but you can you can work. But, uh, but that's what I mean. I think the commentators th in that point should have been 
saying that w- they know that eventually the referees will get bolt cutters mm. and get him out. But and that means they got like an just extra. Just given the time they, advance. They got yeah. even like they, rather than getting three minutes, they got eight minutes. But I, I just don't think the commentators have put that storyline over enough in order for it to because mm. the commentators essentially were sitting there going like, does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The actual pay-per-view begins with Matt Riddle coming out, which was a treat. The Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono match was announced for... The, the pre-show for this, which was going to be taped and screened on NXT TV on Wednesday. Uh, but Matt Riddle, apparently what happened was Ono just interrupted his promo and that match didn't happen. No, so what happened was that Matt Riddle was doing something on the kickoff show. I think he might be part of the kickoff panel. I didn't watch the kickoff show, I'll be honest with you. But I think he was doing something on the kickoff panel and Ono interrupted that mm. because they've got their match scheduled for Wednesday. So Matt Riddle came out here to be like, bro... We're gonna have to, we could have had this match on Wednesday, but let's just have it now instead because we're in Los Angeles and that sounds like fun. Matt Riddle looking like a million bucks oh God, coming so out cool. in his like fluorescent green sliders and bright yellow jacket, and he just kicks off his sliders in one fluid motion. I, I got a tweet from someone saying that like 
Matt Riddle kicking off his flip-flops was like the, the best match of the night because it's the first time they'd ever seen him. It was like, it's my first time I've ever seen Matt Riddle, but him kicking off those flip-flops is the best thing I've ever seen. Bro, bro, bro. And so, it, yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you take it away. Well, I was going to say the other side of this to give a, a good shout-out to Mara Ronaldo, who, um, obviously being a massive comic books fan, uh, said that this match was like, really, like this whole pay-per-view really felt like an honour to Stan Lee because we've got our own fantastic four yeah. in terms of the four matches laid out tonight. And then Nigel McGuinness says that we're going to end with our own version of Infinity War. Nice, per- nice little trip. Yeah, it was good. Stan. And Percy Watson's just there like, hi, guys. Yeah, who, I'm what, over here. What's a Stan Lee? Yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting. I, I really do think that NXT commentary and presentation is more geek geared. And that's because of the audience, whereas the yeah. main roster is a lot more sports reference heavy with all those sports that happen. Local sports teams. But yeah, so Riddle, Riddle calls out Ono and Ono comes out. And Ono's like, well, I'm going to accept. But Ono's such a good heel promo, I think. He gets in the ring. They, the, the referee rings the bell for the match. Riddle's in the corner putting in his mouth guard and then just runs round high knee straight into Ono's face. Ono falls down, pin, one, two, three, win. Great. Absolutely. It made Riddle look absolutely awesome. And as I said in the review, you, some people have said it's a squash match. I don't agree no. because I think you can make the argument that Cassius wasn't ready for the match. He didn't know this match was happening. You know, in, in the kayfabe world, this match was happening on Wednesday. He was ill-prepared for this. Yeah, and, and knockouts and, and Riddle always took advantage. People. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Riddle took advantage of that. I'll be honest with you. I, I've been very much enjoying doing the weekly NXT TV reviews. I'm not really looking forward to the next couple of weeks, though, because next week is going to be all the stuff taped from the pre-show, which was two squash matches and a uh, a main event. Keith Lee and versus Lars Sullivan. No, no, no. It's Keith Lee versus a jobber and ah, Lars Sullivan versus a jobber. Okay, okay. And the other stuff that we're getting is they've been taping house shows in San Jose that are also going to be airing over the next mm. few weeks. So we're not really getting, from what I can gather, not a lot of storyline, just a lot of matches. It's a problem. That's, that was always uh, Ring of Honor's problem as well. And, and stuff with pre-taped shows, you'll have these excellent pay-per-views where you've got all this interest and a big influx of fans and like everyone just wants to get into it. And then you hit a roadblock for a month of pre-taped stuff from before that pay-per-view. Uh, Ring of Honor would do it with their on-the-road shows, which was effectively giving away the undercard of the pay-per-view that me as a fan, I'd already watched and bought. So there's no point for me to watch the next month of TV. Mm. It's a, it's a, it's really, it's. I don't know why that that idea pervades so much. Yeah, there was surely a- you want to. That's the hottest time where you should gear up everything I, I think it's because they're getting towards the end of the year like they did this a couple of years ago it was when it was during that Shinsuke Nakamura Samoa Joe uh, fuse and they taped like loads of stuff in mm. Japan and, they ta- and they, essentially all the NXT was for a number of weeks was highlight packages and Samoa Joe versus Shinsuke Nakamura championship matches in various different parts of the world and it really got to the point where it was like yeah there's not much point in watching this NXT TV up until the new year and they do a new set of tapings mm. so I'm sure they'll be grand, and I'm sure the matches themselves will be great. I mean, Keith Lee's on TV. How can it be bad? But at the same time, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for some stories to move us into the next uh, TakeOver show in January. So this Riddle-Ono match, Ono sold the knee brilliantly. Yeah. He was he was flopping around. He kept on trying to stand up. He, he like In his mind, 
the match hadn't started <laughs> he and he was still ready and trying to get to his feet which is brilliant because that played into his promo which he's like enjoy this moment now because i'm going to knock you out and you're not going to remember it yeah yeah and really riddle was good. and riddle was the one who knocked him out i saw someone tweet me this morning saying like cash has completely no sold the uh knee and i was like no no he he did he perfectly he, he perfectly it. sold it yeah uh so uh, uh, triple h on the conference call after this was asked well why didn't you just announced Matt Riddle's first match. Takeover at, match. Takeover match. And the the reason being is because... And Triple H said, look, I, I had to lie there. <laughs> because if I said, you know, you're getting a Cassius Ono versus Matt Riddle match, expectations will be very high. But actually what we're just going to deliver is a six-second finish. I, d- I totally agree with Triple H. Though. I, I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, we all predicted that Matt Riddle would win that match. Yeah, so... We uh, and and we all predicted undisputed era, so we all lost that one for the Wrestle League. Yeah, for Wrestle League. So yeah. we're all drawn at one at this point, kind yes. of with time travel. Do you want to take us through the journey of Shayna Baszler versus Kyrie Singh? Because I loved it. Yeah. But um, I mean, I read a bit of your review. You said it was on par with the NXT Championship. I match. loved this match. I thought it was absolutely awesome. Like, obviously, you, the two are very different beasts because this one was ten minutes. And the Champa Dream match was half hour. So, like, they had more story to be able to told there. And I've heard a few people say that the... Because it was a two out of three fours match that went ten minutes, it did feel rushed. But I... Honestly, I, I didn't even know this had gone ten minutes. I thought it had gone longer than that. And I just thought it was just wall-to-wall action throughout. I thought it was absolutely terrific. I've seen someone say that they thought it was the worst match these two have had. But I, I just really disagree. I just thought it was absolutely awesome. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I really liked the story. So it's Sane. Sane comes out really hot right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, to, yeah, like running dropkick right out the gate. And then Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir run down when the referee's backs turned, sort of scuffle her up. And then Shayna locks in the... Kirafuru clutch. I think I believe it's the Kirafuna clutch. Kirafuna clutch uh, to win the first full. Proper heat from the crowd. They mm-hmm. were chanting "bull s word" absolutely in, in yeah. the right way. Like not this is crap booking. Yeah. It's like oh no, the heel cheated. Exactly. Yeah, our pirate princess is not. Yeah. Get, she's lost the first full. Maranello said to quote Yogi Bear, "It's deja vu all over again." <laughs> He's the best. He's such a commentator. <laughs> uh, so then it was. Sane, uh, sorry, it was Shayna sort of working over Kyrie for the the next bit. Yeah. But then they had this awesome looking strike exchange in the corner, and Ky- yeah, oh, Kyrie counters a suplex on the apron into this spike DDT. Yeah, it was awesome. And Shayna was just like went straight down. I'm surprised she, you know, that's a Will Osprey sell. <laughs> well, Will Osprey just breaks his neck a bit every time he takes one of those moves yeah so the, the second fall was really built on the fact that Shayna Baszler's now got the the one fall advantage so she just grinds Sane down to try and keep locking in the uh, the Kit Kat clutch and try and you know do various other sort of submission moves she even locks in a decent looking neck crank yeah god yeah Kyrie's head was almost horizontal to the ground there but yeah off of that uh spike DDT Sane gets up to the top rope, nearly falls off. Yeah, she wobbles a little bit. Yeah, and hits a beautiful elbow. Yeah, she does like an insane elbow off the top rope onto all three of the the, the horsewomen down mm. below. Rolls uh, Baszler back into the ring, hits an insane elbow to tie it up. Uh, another great fall. I mean, obviously, this isn't exactly uh, Akada Omega levels of two out of three fall matches, but I, I, I thought for 10 minutes of action, I thought it was absolutely superb. Yeah, and then in the last fall... 
Duke is distracting the referee again, and Marina gets in there and interferes with Sane. But then Dakota Kai runs down, um, but gets beaten up. But then, more crucially, Io Shirai. Io Shirai. Io Shirai. Io Shirai. I don't know. Io Shirai. Io Shirai runs down, um, and yeah, she hits this absolutely gorgeous moonsault from the top rope to the outside onto uh, Shafir, Duke, and Dakota Kai on the outside. It was a thing of beauty. It's, it was I mean, flawless. Yeah, you, the, you won't see a, a better moonsault. Absolutely not. It was incredible. Absolutely stunning. And in the end, like you th- and I, I thought, man, this might, Sane's going to win the championship back here. And she hits the insane elbow, but Baszler kind of rolls her up into a, well, rolls her up to get the pinfall. Well, it's a crucifix. Yeah, a crucifix to get the pinfall. Now, apparently, on the replays, you can see that um, Baszler's, uh, sorry, that Sane's shoulder gets up, which Triple H brought up on the conference call mm. and said, like, oh, yeah, I don't think this war is over yet. So, despite the fact that this really did feel like the payoff to Sane and Baszler, it looks like we're going to be getting more matches with them because now we're going to, we've got this sort of six-woman feud that can go on here with Io Shirai, Kairi Sane, and Dakota Kai against the Horsewomen. So there's something that could be done there. Although I'll be honest, I'm, I'd kind of like to see Baszler move on to something else. I think we've had like the Kairi Sane thing now for... Well, you, could, you could argue that we've had the Kairi Sane thing now for 18 months. Yeah, we well, can move into Baszler versus... Shirai or or Dakota Kai which I'd really like to see because they had a a wonderful storyline earlier in the year which I so I'd really like to see Dakota Kai kind of get she's more you know she's she's more courageous now and she can finally face down the bully I thought it'd be really great so Shayna retains there through uh, a lot of interference Marina as they're walking up goes that was all you (laughs) (laughs) which I really enjoyed that was absolutely all you Shayna and we got the Marine Six trailer. So I am um, on that one just to keep score for Wrestle League oh, right. because it is important. Wrestle uh, League. What did I call I it? I swear you just said WrestleGate. No, I said Wrestle. Oh, okay. Um, I might have said WrestleGate. Sorry, it's it's Sunday. I'm in Chinos because it's, it's wash day tomorrow. Nothing clean, right? Uh, I predicted that Carrie Sane would win that, whereas you and El Fakedor thought that Shayna Baszler. So. Uh, Luke's one down. I am one down there. Uh, yeah, we got a trailer for the Marine Six. I've not watched the film, but um, I'm sure it's a Marine film. Becky's in it. Becky, Becky has a match against Shawn Michaels in it. It seems. Well, when they announced that Becky's the bad guy, I was like, oh, I actually might want to watch this now. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought they're all be working together. Miz, Shawn Michaels, and Becky. Nope, they've taken up. Seems like they've just ripped off Fast and Furious Eight or which whichever one it was. Which when I saw that Becky is the bad guy in it, I thought, oh, so that's why they turned her heel <laughs> because they wanted her to be a bad guy on TV so she can be the bad guy in the film at the at the same time it's released. Well, that didn't quite work out, really, mm. did it? Uh, then we get X Pac shown on the camera with his dog. Yeah, so no, no call up, no NXT new signees or anything. Absolutely not. No, mm. unless you count X Pac's dog, I guess. And that guitarist woman. Yep. Something Strauss. She, Neil Nita, Strauss. Nita Strauss. I thought as well. I mean, I'm not a dog owner. That dog must have been terrified because mm. that's a very loud building. Well, now it's a pyro free promotion. Even it's, so, it's like I thought the dog must have been absolutely yeah, crappy. Kennel of Hell match. That's what they're building towards. <laughs> X Pac's comeback. Hey, of all the sort of WWE legends who I wouldn't mind coming back and having like putting over a new like a Velveteen Dream style guy, I'd love to see Sean Mortman. Sean Mortman's dog. <laughs> and Sean Mortman's dog, managed by Sean Mortman's dog. Hey, you can build to the the eventual Hogan dream match then. Because yeah. Hogan isn't racist. Oh, <laughs> Or are they building towards, this is actually them bringing Cody in, because it's going to be Waltman's ah, dog versus oh. Cody's pharaoh. I mean, that dog is getting 
that that's a squash match. <laughs> Pharaoh versus X Pac's dog. So after this, after a little bit of Champa looking at Dream Over spray painted on just a random wall backstage, they've got to pay for that building, Champa. They're, uh, they're not running it every week. Uh, Gar- we had Johnny Gargano versus Alistair Black, which is just an incredible storyline. This is my match of the night. This really? Was, this was my match of the night. I absolutely loved this match. I loved everything from like the start of it, the storytelling they were doing at the start, all the character work that was done within it. I thought this match was absolutely awesome. I just, I just thought it was superb. Gargano came out here. Remember, he is a baby. He's a heel who thinks he's a babyface. Which is why he's not changed his music. Tremendously difficult to pull off. And he comes out smiling at everyone, like, whoa. And he high-fiving people. Yeah, like there's a kid in the front, like, lining the ramp. And you can hear the boos. It's not all boos. There's still cheers. Mm-hmm. But there are boos. And Gargano tells this story on his face as he's coming down the ring of, they're booing me. Uh, that's a bit weird. But it's okay, and he's just, oh my god, his performance, just from a character perspective, not even getting into a flawless wrestling yeah, uh, performance. Well, well, I was going to say as well, incredible. Like, he came down to the ring dressed as the Punisher. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he loves his comic book-inspired stuff. When pa- uh, Stanley passed away earlier in the week, he kind of tweeted out all the uh, comics-inspired costumes that he's had over the, the this year in particular. And I just love this storyline that he has gone from Captain America earlier this year to the Punisher now, this anti-hero. And it's just a wonderful choice because the Punisher as a character doesn't really do the right thing. Like, he kills people. Like, his form of justice is I'm killing people. But to the Punisher, that is the right thing to do. That is how justice is served. But Whereas people like Captain America or Daredevil or Spider-Man would be like, Hey, guy, like, I don't think that's the right way to do this. And that's what Gargano has done here. Mm. He attacked Alistair Black because, in his mind, that needed to be done so he can take away Champ and rid NXT of, of Tommaso Ciampa. So, in his mind, he thinks he's doing the right thing, the same way the Punisher does. I just thought it was an inspired costume choice. And it's just another facet of what I now believe to be the greatest story in wrestling of the last... Two decades. Gargano versus Champa. Because I watched a bit of NXT Toronto last night, which has the Revival DIY match. It's for, for Wrestle Ramble Extra, yeah. $5. And, and th- there's bits in there that are playing into this story now. It's just... I, I, it's so perfectly told. This is like three years going. And it's, inc- it's incredible. that this and, and you've got this really intense black Gargano feud, which is actually just a... a a part, a chapter in the Gargano Champa epic. It's yeah. something else. It, it really is. Something is. Else. It really is. Like I remember the the first round of the Cruiserweight Classic when it was Gargano and, Ch- and Gargano beats Champa in that match, and they almost teased the heel turn there. Mm. I remember thinking, God, I cannot wait for this story, like, for that to play out yeah. even more in this story. What, it's just, as you said, it's an absolutely beautifully told story. And even Alistair Black came out, and he's got like these sort of horns on the back of his jacket, as like, compared to like the studs that he has. And you got Mara Ronaldo saying that, like. Johnny Gargano has brought the de- he's brought the devil out of Alistair Black. He's not just this devil that's on his back. He's literally bought this devil out of him, which is why he's got the horns. Nigel McGuinness beautifully calls them the horns of retribution. Oh, 
wonderful stuff. So there's too much to get into this really match. Is, Just yeah. trust us, it's a superb wrestling match mm-hmm. with loads of spots based around characters. Yeah. So a lot of, lot of doing the other guy's taunt, a lot of doing the other guy's moves. A lot of knees to the face yeah. of Johnny uh, Gargano. <laughs> and someone's been watching New Japan. A reverse Rana no-sell. <laughs> <laughs> Straight out of Omega. Um, but just this all ends in this just excellent sequence. And that's one of the other thing about takeovers, where just how good the finishes are for every single match. Mm-hmm. It, it, it protects everyone, tells stories, moves the characters on to their next chapter. But you get this, like, Gargano has been beaten down, and he begs off of Black. And he goes up to Black's boot and puts his head on it and then lifts his own head up, just like Black normally does by raising someone's head before he hits the black mass. And he's like, finish me, please. And Black looks at him and is like, all right then. Takes the bait. And Johnny even says, thank you, as he takes the swing. Such like, count, like this, is, this is definitely shades of grey black hat tactics. And Gargano count, and then they, they have a, a few more. Yeah, uh, Gargano duck the black mass. And- yeah, sort of exchanges. But yeah. then Black... Black gets the better of him, hits a black mass, and then Gargano is knocked out. He's on his feet, but he's kind of held up by Black's chest. Black says something to the effect of, it's over for your sins. (laughs) Hits another black mass, and Black goes over, which is something I thought Gargano, you thought Gargano as well. Laurie said, Alistair. Yeah, I think for the sake of being different. Yeah, so he got, I mean, he had a good night. Got four out of five. Yeah, I know he had a very good night. Uh, and he's a wise one, mm, trustworthy. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm not because I wanted Gargano to win because I thought that made most sense for him to now go on to Champa. But actually, Black winning here proves that Gargano taking the nasty, like the evil way, isn't what's going to work. So you hopefully they'll tell this story of Gargano retribution, and then he eventually takes on Champa as a uber baby face and we get the black champa match which is gonna be yeah I mean the the match they had on TV was absolutely awesome in itself but like on a takeover show it's going to be like a whole other level of brilliance I'm so excited and I think that would be most likely our main event of the the January takeover show before the Royal Rumble Mm. I I thought it was an inspired finish I really did as you and I we thought it would be Johnny Gargano because they could continue this story. I'm actually glad that, as you say, we're going in this different direction instead, as opposed to just doing the standard WWE thing of just like, oh, now you have three pay-per-view matches. Yeah. And this is it's just more brilliant storytelling for Gargano. It's brilliant storytelling for Black. And then you've got Champa sitting there, hugging that title, just chuckling away in the background. I'm, I'm so into it. So into all of this. Anything, it's like... I feel like the thing with takeovers this year, although they've all been brilliant, the, Gargano and Champa have been facing each other. And the problem with that is, that means you're only going to get one Gargano Champa match. But this pay per view had a Gargano match and a Champa match. We got done, and they were both excellent. I, so I gave this four and three quarters mm. stars. Champer and Dream. Well, the other thing for Johnny Gargano, to show how good of a wrestler Johnny Gargano is and to show how good this storyline is, Gargano's only won one takeover this whole year. He's lost a lot. Mm. And yet, 
he still remains incredibly over and his character remains incredibly interesting. Which one did he win? He beat Champer on one of them. Was that the first one? I think it might be the I can't remember. My, yeah, I think it was the first one. Uh, yeah, I think it was the first one. I can't remember. I, th- I thought Gargano lost everything, but I, I can't remember. Well, they had three takeovers and Champer didn't win all three of them. Did he not? I don't think so. He definitely won the second two. Hang on. So we're gonna because go- the second one was where he he won with the... DDT with onto the, the, yeah, onto the exposed... The, yeah. Uh, takeover, it'd be New Orleans, wasn't it? Sorry, maybe just, it was the first I'm just going to Google things live on air. Someone on our uh, Patreon said that this is their new favourite feature. Everyone's, yeah, Johnny Gargano okay, defeated Tommaso Ciampa. So the Ciampa. first one, yeah. right. New Everyone's like. screaming at it. Of course he won! This is your favourite story <laughs> you're ever, so, and you don't even idiots. know the results. just the biggest idiots ever. So... If you go back to the predictions show, I was like, you know, Dream shouldn't be called up for a while. I still I still think that. Um, but this is like, this will be a really fun match. And I'm looking forward to it. But it is essentially a... This, this was... War Games is built around War Games, rightly so. And the NXT title will go on second to last as not the main event. So it's kind of like Royal Rumble mentality where you don't yeah. put your big money main event, unless it's Rock Punk that one year, in there because the selling point is the Royal Rumble match. So that's why you get Brock Lesnar versus Bob Holly. That's that's what I was going to compare this to. Yeah, it's not been in that case in the last couple of years because they've still done like Brock Lesnar matches or like Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns and things like that. But yeah, traditionally the Royal Rumble was always like, I suppose Rock and Mankind, but every now and again they would do it like, but the Rumble's the selling point. So you can just have this match here and it'll be fine. It's a a nice way to level up a mid-carder and give them you know a chance to shine so that's what i thought this match was going to be i this match over delivered in spades like it just it came out the gates hotter than i expected it to and it it didn't really let up it was absolutely superb i'm penciling this in i need to i need to sleep on it i've used the word superb a lot today it's a five-star match. Five-star match. I. It's just I, incredible. I wouldn't have given it... Five, again, I'd have given this four and three quarters because I, I'll be honest, I wasn't massively into all of the stuff where they were messing around with the headband at the start. I thought, and perhaps I'm wrong, this is just me personally, I thought, this doesn't feel like this is a, a serious championship match. Well, that's how they're... That's the... So my argument against that is, so Dream comes out dressed as Hollywood Hulk Hogan. This is the next evolution. And he's in, you know, they're in L.A. So he's got the bandana that Velveteen Dream always wears, doesn't he? He does wear a... Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's just like Dream's whole gimmick is working his gimmick around his opponent's gimmick and getting in their head and, and trying to undermine them that way. But here he's up against Champa, who is the the king of that with, well, at least with Gargano. We haven't really seen him go elsewhere. I suppose there's the Black Feud, but it's not like that was more about Gargano overall. But here's Champa and Dream. And it's just that battling of, I'm going to get in your head. And that was only the first five minutes. Oh, yeah, they, totally. they went yeah. half an hour. So I thought it was great character into, stuff that started out. I just wasn't into that part of the match, which, again, you just, like you knock a, slight, a quarter off that. It's a four and three quarter match. I thought it's it still flawless. like basically a flawless match. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was flawless all the way through. Loud, like, and part of it is because the crowd, the crowd was so into Velveteen Dream. They really wanted him to win. Yeah. And I think it's because no one. You, everyone knows he's not going to win, but, and that's why this match is so good. You, I bought into him winning. I, I, I was so into this match, and it's not just that I thought he might win at points. I wanted him to win, 
and I love Champa. Like, I, I know Champa's not that guy in real life, but I bought into this so much that I hated Champa. And I wanted Dream to win so much. And you, quite famously, are the Velveteen Dream detractor. You are the guy who says, and I'm pretty sure he botches every single move. He's never had a good match. His character, I'm pretty sure these are all the words you, you've said. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, so he's got all the charisma in the world. Uh, he's 23, though. <laughs> and he's not a Pete Dunne 23, no. who's gone round the world and has been wrestling since he was come out the womb. He's an, this N is, he's an NXT 23. He's a tough enough 2015 guy who got eliminated early on yeah uh so you know he's only been wrestling for a couple of years it's phenomenal where he is now but i still think he needs a good at least a year another year i think you NXT. said five years so at, at one least point. a decade <laughs> in NXT. but like i mean uh, you uh, when dream came out and I'm, i've tried not to do any the main rosters crap compared to this stuff consciously so because i want it to be positivity about NXT but Dream comes out there why do people want him to get called up you look at that gimmick that is like a mankind kind of gimmick where you're like that's not gonna work but you're making it work back in the day they needed it to work because they had WCW breathing down their necks these days they don't Velveteen Dream gets called up he is getting botched he's Adam Rose the, the, he's Vince no, won't he, get it he's no way Jose on the yeah. main roster Like, and, and I thought that about kind of a few guys I think Meltzer said that if Alistair Black was called up tomorrow he'd just end up like Bobby Roos mm. and, I, and I, as soon as I heard those words I thought god that's the last thing you want to see at the moment isn't it but I, I thought that Dr this was an absolute Dream is the star maker that's what we've always said he is he has those takeover matches to put over other people and make everyone else look really good which is an incredible skill that he has but here, Dream came out the star. Dream, and he always gets over in the process. But here, holy hell, like, Champa made him look so awesome. And like you, I never at one point thought that Dream was walking away with the NXT Championship on this night. Going into this match, I was like, well, Champa's obviously winning. Because that's the storyline you're telling with him and Gargano. It would be very silly for Dream to take the belt off him. But there were so many points during this match where I thought, they're going to put the belt on Dream. They're going to call it like they're going to put the belt on him. I bought into so many of these near falls, as did the crowd. And that is an absolute credit to both guys. I thought they did a superb job for a match that had more or less zero hype going into it. They've made it the most talked about match of the night. Yeah. And that's an absolute credit, that's an absolute testament to them. Saying something because that War Games match had every spot known to man. And it came after that Gargano Black match, which was absolutely incredible. Mm. Like, it really was superb. Yeah. Use that word again. It's, it, I, there's, again, there's way too many spots to talk about. So much character stuff. I personally think this was Champa. Like, like carrying the match? Not carrying the match, because it's not like Dream's bad, but Champa, where sometimes um, Dream is a bit more unpolished. Champa just filled all that in. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. Or, or covered it up, rather. Mm -hmm. But, so, like, sometimes it's not as smooth. Or maybe it's just Dream getting better. It could have been Dream. I felt like this was... Uh, the Champa gave Dream so much of this match, mm -hmm. which helped him tremendously. Like, I would say, in offense terms, Dream got about 60, 65% of this. But Champa was also doing a lot of work to make uh, Dream look great. And it was a really awesome finish as well because Champa essentially starts to get frustrated with Dream getting all of this offense in that he goes outside, starts tearing up the mats, going back to that, that now traditional 
Tommaso Ciampa move. I'm going to pull up these mats and I'm going to hit you on the concrete, you little div, trying to make me look bad. Div Valley driver yeah, onto the concrete. he gets... A, a dream comes out and just, like, pushes him and they both sort of clatter over the announcer's desk. And Ciampa then, he distracts himself. He gets caught up in... Because he can probably hear Mara Ronaldo saying things about him. So he just starts throwing stuff. He throws a piece, like, paper at Mara Ronaldo, distracting himself, and he runs into a Dream Valley driver on the outside, rolls in, purple Rainmaker. That oh. is where I thought, Dream's winning. Dream's the, winning the belt. To the extent where I was like, okay, so uh, Champa's losing. Maybe maybe they'll just have a... The, the, <laughs> the feud won't be for the title with Gargano and Champa. So, like, that's how much I bought into it. I was yeah. like, well, how can they get round the Gargano feud? <laughs> uh, and yeah, that, that, that Ranello bit, such a small bit, shows how over Ranello is as a babyface commentator. It's nuclear heat. Yeah, now. when they threw it, everyone, oh, oh not Ranello, mamma mia. Like if they did that to Michael Cole, they'd be like, hey, one more time, yeah, one yeah. more time. But like, I mean, you compare that, that's how I used to feel for Jim Ross. Yeah. And that's why Jim Ross was such a credible play-by-play guy. And when he tells you something like, buy the pay-per-view this Sunday, I believe him. I'm like, okay, Jim's telling me. But when Cole says it, I'm like... I've had too many dodgy cars from you, mate. I'm not going to go down that route <laughs> When again. Michael Cole says that, I'm like, I mean, it is my job, so I guess I will be watching yeah, it. Yeah, 9.99. Uh, so, and the, off of that, there was the that elbow drop was amazing, but Dream did not let up. There was no, like, oh, I'm going to sell for a bit. It was, I'm going straight to the other top rope to hit another elbow, because Champa has kind of thrown himself ring awareness through the ropes. Not enough to fall outside. So he's draped outside over the bottom rope. And his chest is exposed. And Dream gets up there. He's going for the, the elbow. And I thought, oh my god, this is going to be amazing. I didn't see Champa. Champa moves. Dream crashes hard. Oh. He takes a lot of crazy bumps like that. Yeah. He's, he's young now, um, but I don't know how... At least it's only one big one a match, and it's not yeah. crazy crazy. It's what we I think we said this in a ramble club, um, and it was I think it was because um, Don Callis was putting over about Will Osprey, and he was just like, hey, you know, Will's got to do these moves now because when he hits thirty, he won't be able to do them anymore. Yeah. And I, you almost feel that with Dream as well. But yeah, you're, you're twenty three now, so you can take these crazy bumps. I think Dream's really smart about it, though, so that he only does one thing like that a match, yeah. whereas Osprey does twenty. Foley did a hundred. It's yeah, not like those chair shots for the skull and absolutely, stuff. Absolutely, yeah. He just he picks his spots very very well. So off of that, uh, Champa gets Dream into the area between the two rings. The ring I keep forgetting was there. Another credit to the production team. And there's that steel grating, trench warfare. And he gives him a draping DDT onto that steel part, rolls him in and wins. By the way, Champa wrestled about 10 minutes of this without a boot. <laughs> he was only wearing one boot. Yeah, really, really great selling because Dream started working over Champa's knee, the surgically repaired knee. Did like the figure four ring post spot oh, and things right. like that. And Champa kept like undoing Champa his Champa tapped boot. in that spot. Champa tapped. Yes, that's key. Champa tapped in that spot. But it's an illegal move so it didn't count. And the referee didn't see it. Oh, was that was that it? Yeah, I mean, okay. it would have been an illegal move yeah. so he couldn't have won anyway, but regardless. But, um, so he keeps take, like undoing his boot to sell this idea that he's trying to give his leg some more breathing room. Mm. Oh, it was, there was such wonderful little touches like that. And they showed loads of replays. When they came back, both men still on the floor selling this. Dream selling of this. He was out, absolutely yeah. out from this GDT onto you know, this, this steel partition. 
And then Champa gets given the belt and he just starts hugging it and just starts laughing and shouting, Me! Me! It was brilliant. It was so good. I've got the same thing. Me! <laughs> I'm the champ! Me! <laughs> like, Me! that is yes territory. <laughs> like, if he can get... I mean, it probably won't get over until he's a baby face, but... Yeah. Me! That was... That's so good. And you got to think, like, is that stuff you think up before or did it just happen In when the you were there? Yeah. Uh, it must be so emotional to go... Even You know, like, even when you're... This is all predetermined and, and it's acting in, at the end of the day. Like, when you act, this must be method acting. Yeah. And he must believe that right there. I just, I mean, I was, that's how convinced I was by his performance. And then he, Dream is passed out. He kisses Dream on the cheek and slides out the ring. Yeah. I just, it's wrestling and story perfectly interwoven with character. This one and the... Uh, the black Gargano, Gargano one, yeah. and the those those are two parts of the same larger story. I thought it was exemplary. It really, really was. And this was a night where you had three, arguably like five star or as close to five star matches, and a very, very good women's match, which was probably like four and a half stars, maybe like four or quarter stars. I maybe, gave it four maybe and a quarter. Yeah, maybe even four stars. But either way, still excellent. Like just what a great night of professional wrestling. And you had that brilliant Matt Riddle opener yep. as well. Like Matt Riddle's opening. takeover debut. Yeah. And it was just an absolutely exceptional night of professional wrestling. Like just pitch perfect throughout just what a great show Brian Alvarez once said there's never been a bad takeover that was about three years ago <laughs> still and here we are yet to have a bad takeover I uh, I, 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 I think this is the best takeover of the year yeah yeah but for me I understand I, I get why people would want that uh, the, the fight the North American ladder match or yeah the, the New Orleans one the, yeah, the, yeah. the Cole Ricochet as well and you know the, all Elvis, those great yeah. Gargano Champa. Uh, and Gargano well. Almas earlier in Gargano the year. Gargano in January. But for me, this this was the one. I thought it was incredible. Yeah. I'd, I'd almost agree with you, actually. That's all we've got time. Oh, yeah, so five out of five. Five out of five. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.